Okay, so Luke chapter 10. <coughs> Let's start from where we left off last week. Okay, so those who are just joining us this week, Luke chapter 10, uh, we, we're dealing with Jesus sending out 72 of his disciples. Jesus just sent out 12 apostles. They came back and they were ecstatic. Demons are being casted out. They're healing people. All kinds of craziness was happening and they're, they're pretty amped on what was happening. Those guys come back. Jesus now sends out 72 others. Okay, everybody say 72 others. Okay, so when we say 72 others, it would be like you guys. So Jesus just sent out like the pastors. They went out and, and balled it up out there on Ministry Avenue. Okay, and now they're back and now they're sending out the congregation. Okay, so we're picking it up. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Jesus thanks the Father. That's my title. Okay? All right. So verse 17. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In that same hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes, or, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it and hear what you hear and did not hear it. It's good stuff. Okay, so let's just jump into there. So Jesus sends out the 72, right? And they uh, went out with a mission. Yeah, they went out with certain uh, four um, things that they could do. So when they, when they enter a place, right, they speak blessing. We talked about this last week, yeah? They speak blessing. The second thing they do is they um, build relationships, yeah? By mopping, yeah? If they give you food, you eat, okay? That's what we talked about last week, right? Mop. And then if you meet the needs, so not only do you mop food, but you mop floors, okay? So that was the third thing. So first thing, speak blessing. Second thing, build relationships. Third thing, meet the needs, okay? Specifically, it was to heal the sick. Some of you are praying for people who are sick. Pray. Why? Because Jesus gave that command out. Okay, and then the fourth one, you tell them the kingdom of God is near. Pretty much you tell them Jesus is near. Like the only reason why I'm here, the only reason why this prayer is being answered is because Jesus is here. If Jesus wasn't in my life, I wouldn't be here helping you out. Yeah, I do a lot of work at Kalama School and people come and ask me and they're like, hey man, you're doing so good, blah, blah, blah. I tell them, no, it's Jesus working through the church. The church pays me full time and their heart is that, we're in the schools. 
So don't just thank me. Thank the Lord because I am his messenger. Yeah? That's good stuff. Okay? So um, uh, Matthew chapter 5, 15 through 20 says, Let our light shine before man that they can see our good deeds and glorify who? Our Father who is in heaven. Okay? That's the reason why we're out there. So when we do the things that we do, we, 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 if we miss the chance to give God glory, it's almost like, why did we even do it? Okay? I mean, if we have a chance to tell people why we do it, you, we need to say Jesus. Yeah? It's because the Lord has blessed me to bless you. Yeah? The Lord has blessed me to be a blessing. Yeah? Do not miss that opportunity. I had a friend um, who I graduated with in, in college. Um, from there, he went into um, dental school. Um, he was a, a physics engineer major. Then he went into dental school because he wanted to be an oral surgeon. And um, he wanted to work a couple years and then fly overseas and do dental work. You guys know that you can have um, heart problems because your teeth are bad? That's crazy. This one guy was going to have heart surgery um, recently, but the doctor said, before I work on your heart, you have to go to the dentist. That's crazy. So send it to the dentist. Yeah, I guess so. You know, brush two times a day and floss, something like that. But, um, so my friend studied uh, for about two years for this test, and he was kind of going to school and studying, going to school and studying. He lost like over 20 pounds, like locked himself in his house. My friends wanted to take him to, uh, out for his birthday. And he's like, no, I should be home studying, you know, like super serious. So after he finished the test, he got his results back. And I, I was talking to him. I said like, uh, so how do you do? And he's like, ah, I did pretty good. I'm like, no, like, I want to know how you did. Don't tell me you did pretty good. Like, you pretty much like halted your life for the last two years just for this test. Tell me how you did. He ended up scoring in the top 1% in the nation. In the nation. Like he pretty much could, uh, he pretty much could write his ticket anywhere in the country to go to school, to, to finish off his schooling. So I said, hmm, all right, let me talk to you a little bit. Did you do this on your own? He's like, not a chance. Was God present the whole time? He's like, yeah, man. Like so many times I want to give up, but God came through and he gave me the energy and the focus to just keep on going. I'm like, then if you don't give God glory, you have false humility right now. False humility. Like I'm not going to boast about what God is doing. You're robbing God of glory. And I said, brother, like you don't have to write it on Facebook and stuff, but if people talk to you, that know you, or if you have a chance to share about it, you give God all the glory, honor, and praise. Okay? So when we do the things that we do, we got to give God praise. Amen? Okay? Give God praise. Okay. All right. So uh, verse 17, the 72 return with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. If you think about, um, if you read back to what Jesus initially gave them, um, unlike the 12, Jesus never gave them power to cast out demons. Like it, it's not documented, but it was a byproduct that happened. They went out there and even the demons were subject to what they were doing. Yeah, sometimes you step out in faith 
and some things happen that we didn't calculate in the, in the initial calling. So God gives you a calling, says, here, you got to go do this. But along the way, there's extra things that God gives you that you never really even knew. Okay? So they're like psyched. They're like, man, demons, like, yes. The same things you do, Jesus, I was doing. Yay. Like psyched, yeah? Um, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So in, in scripture, there's four different times that um, Satan is documented. Satan is falling yeah, from a certain place. So um, this documented one is also found in Ezekiel 28, 14 through 16, where Satan is falling from the glorified to the profane, where he fell from heaven, yeah? He fell from heaven onto this earth, and this was his dwelling place. Ezekiel 28, 14 through 16. Okay, so you can read that there, but it's also confirmed right here. Okay, another time. Um, so we know that he's had access to heaven, um, like Job, the story of Job, Job 1.12. Satan is dialoguing with God. Yeah? And Job names, Job's name comes up, and he's like, this is my faithful one. And Satan's like, ah, it's because you've been protecting him. And God's like, no, he's faithful. Then they put him to the test. And Satan goes down and takes away all his stuff and kills like his family members, takes away all his cattle and all his sheep, which today would be his property and his monies. And Job never, never busted. Yeah? And then health figures started coming on him and he started having health problems, still never weaned in his faith. Yeah? His, family, uh, his, his wife turned against him. Um, his friends turned against him. And Job continued to remain faithful. So Satan was dialoguing with the Lord in there. So we, he had access to heaven. <clears throat> but then if you read Revelation 12, 9, it's Satan being uh, restricted to earth only. Okay, so Revelation 12, 9, Satan being restricted to earth only. So we read um, in different places where he had access to heaven, but no longer does he have access to heaven. He's like restricted here, okay? All right, a third time where Satan uh, falls from earth to the bondage of the bottomless pit in, for a thousand years. So that's Revelation 20. So that hasn't happened yet. Okay, that hasn't happened. Like post-Christ coming back, yeah, Satan from earth will go into the, the pit of fire. So that's going to be another fall. Okay, and then the last fall um, where he goes from the bottomless pit to the lake of fire. Okay? So the bottomless pit to the lake of fire. And that's, that's like the final judgment. Yeah? When, when everything's going to be separated and you're going to have God and his righteousness in the new heaven and those who didn't remain faithful. Okay? So if you believe in a God, you believe these things. I'm just telling you. If you love Jesus and you say, I have eternal life and salvation and I believe in the cross, you believe in these things also because it's found where here okay it's an all or nothing thing okay it's an all or nothing thing so verse 18 jesus said i saw satan fall like lightning from heaven behold i have given you authority to, to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you that's a pretty pretty amazing promise right there Scripture says, if we fear anything, we should fear who? The Lord. 
the one who will decide where you will spend eternity. Yeah? If you want to fear something, fear Jesus, the righteous judge. 2 Corinthians 5.10, my most favorite bone-chilling scripture in, in all of the Bible, that on the last day, we will have to give an account for everything that we've said, everything that we've done. 2 Corinthians 5.10. Great scripture to memorize. Yeah? The imagery I have in my mind is, is that I'm standing there and, and God is on his throne and it's my turn. Yeah? We're all going to individually like, be up in him and he's going to be like, either going to say, well done, good and faithful servant, or he's going to be like, I never knew you. I don't know who you are. Yeah, let's not make that, um, let's make sure that's not what the Lord is saying on that day. Amen? Yeah, and how do we do that? We pray. We talk to him now. Yeah, we open up God's word. We come to church. Why? Because Ephesians chapter 5 says, husbands love your wives just like Christ loved the church. He loved the church so much that he gave his life for the church church not just for individuals like i i don't know what the lord is going to say when somebody stands up there and says like you know what body are you with and they're like i'm just on my own eek i don't know man majority of the 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 promises that are in scripture cannot be fulfilled if there's not one another you know like how you bear one another's burdens if you don't have one another like there's no such thing as a lone ranger christian you have to have a community yeah you have to have a, a local community that you can, you can work with and serve with and they can teach you and, and you can teach them and you guys can work together. Yeah, and that's a great word for a younger generation. Great word for you guys. Yeah, that in your life, currently now and when you guys graduate um, or maybe some of you guys graduated already, being plugged into a local body, yeah, is biblical, yeah, and is healthy for your Christian life. Yeah. I've, I, I am who I am today because of being plugged into a local body, okay? I am who I am today. You guys would not know me if I wasn't plugged into a local body. So when you guys think about anything good that I do, anything like, man, Kaipo, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you get an understanding of this? Because I was plugged into a local body where God used people around me to shape me and mold me and to make me who I am today. Yeah? You guys understand that? Clear? So verse 20, Jesus says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So Jesus, although he acknowledges and they acknowledge that they've had power to, to tread on serpents and, and demons were casted out, there, there's a lot of pride that happens right there. Yeah? There's a lot of pride that goes along with power. Okay? Like if you raise somebody from the dead, and you cast out some gnarly naked guy who's, that, that we talked about the other week walking around in tombs and he punches himself in the face and break his, you know, breaks chains and stuff. You cast a demon out of that guy and he becomes clear conscience and out of good mind. You're going to realize you have some power. Yeah? And along with power comes a lot of pride. And Jesus says, do not rejoice in the fact that you were able to accomplish these things, but rejoice in the fact that you guys have salvation in heaven. Yeah? Do not rejoice in the gifts that we have. Pretty much this is what Jesus is saying. Do not rejoice in the gifts, but rejoice in the one who gave you the gifts. You guys understand that? I'll say that again. Do not rejoice in the gift that you have, 
but rejoice in the one who gave you the gift. Okay, real similar are musicians, Christian musicians, famous, yeah, for being super prideful because they're in the limelight and they're like super talented and, you know, they play the part and, you know, um, it's real easy for, for Christian musicians to have a lot of pride, yeah? And so we, we cannot forget that it's Jesus who gave us these abilities, yeah? And not glorify the gift, but the, the gift giver. Now, this is good stuff. I hope you guys know, man. This is like, I'm preaching, you know. This is good. Okay, um, let, me, let me just add a tag on that. In, in Matthew uh, the Sermon on the Mount, yeah, uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Jesus talks to, um, it, it is giving that sermon, you know, to the Jewish community. And he says, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, like on the final day, yeah. Many will say to Jesus, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? In your name, did I not cast out demons? In your name, have I not done uh, great and mighty works? And Jesus is going to tell them, I never knew you, Depart from me those that, that practice iniquity. Okay, so let me just say that again, yeah? Um, those who cast out demons, who prophesy in his name, those who do crazy miracle works. Um, anybody cast out demons recently? Yeah. I'm, I'm, some of us have, have preached and give people words and prophetic words, maybe. You know, anybody done like crazy like miracles before? These guys are rolling. Like Jesus saying, like these are like it's not just about the works. So these guys aren't just like Sunday attenders. These guys are like ballers in the faith. Yeah? Like they walk up and demons are like, I'm out of here. Yeah? Like these guys are doing miracles, but on the final day, Jesus is gonna say, like, I don't even know who you are. Which just kind of shows the love that our Father has, that He gives gifts to people even if they don't love Him. Yeah? Yeah, crazy. I think about um, uh, 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 super talented people that are in the arts, music, painting, um, athletes, all these guys who have these crazy abilities, but they fail to give God the glory. Yeah? They accomplish like the miraculous, but they think it's all them. And they're going to end up later, that's standing before the Father, and he's going to be like, um, who gave you two legs? You know, who gave you two eyes to see the ball that you can catch? You know, be like, um, yeah, that's a pretty good one right there, Jesus. Yeah. So we got to make sure we give God glory. Yeah. And make sure it's all about the gift giver rather than just the gift. Okay. All right. And 21 kind of, I got super excited and, and we're just going to wrap it up right here. Um, in the same hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to the little children. This is the first time in Luke where Jesus thanks the Father. Like I'm sure Jesus has thanked the Father before this moment, but documented, this is the first time. And what was the reason Jesus stopped and Luke recorded it here in Scripture? What made... Um, he said he, he, in the same hour, he rejoiced, yeah? And he was found with joy, like exuberant. Like Jesus is ecstatic. Like he's like giddy. 
Like these guys come back and they're like, Jesus, man, we did like gnarly kind of stuff. And he's like giddy. He's like, yeah, this is like nuts, you know? He's like super excited. Why was he excited? Yeah? What was the reason why Jesus stopped? And the first time it was documented, he said, in that hour, yeah, Jesus stopped and said, Lord, thank you for what you've done. I'll give you the answer. Okay, read 22. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Jesus was ecstatic because they're getting it. They're understanding that Jesus is just not a human. Jesus is more than that. They're, they're getting it to, to, to understand that um, the Father sent uh, Jesus, that Jesus was an extension of the Father, and, and Jesus is realizing that they're realizing what is really happening. Yeah. Um, later on, it says, many prophets and kings desired to see what they saw but did not see it. Yeah. Like you think about all the prophets, the minor and the major prophets from the Old Testament, Jeremiah, Daniel, um, Isaiah, yeah, all these guys who, who went out and, and did crazy works, they never, they were the ones who were testifying about the Christ to come, but they never saw the Christ to come, yeah? All those guys were testifying about a certain time, and these guys were living in that time. So the fact that these 72 outside of the apostles were getting it, Jesus was like ecstatic because this was like the fulfillment of what God had intended way back in Adam and Noah and Abraham. Like all those guys were little baby steps to this pinnacle point. Like the climax of the world was the moment Jesus showed up. And not only did he show up, but it was actually uh, being fulfilled because the average person, they were getting it. That Jesus was more than a man. Yeah? And he realized that the Holy Spirit was present because the only way that we can understand the Father is from the Father. Yeah? The only way you guys can understand Jesus, really. Yeah? The only way that you guys can take what I'm sharing tonight and and have what I share build your faith is because the Holy Spirit is, is like massaging it in. That's why before I, I preach, I, I pray like, God, show up. Because I can speak, but only God can change the life, you know? The fact that you guys are here, and if you guys understand anything that I'm saying, is evidence that Jesus is in your life. Sometimes we need that evidence. Sometimes we need like, God, I, I cannot see you. I'm telling you, the fact that you guys are here and if you have understanding of what I'm talking about right now, God is present in your life because what I'm talking about now is not about earth. It's not about the physical. It's not something you can learn in a textbook. It is God who comes and he teaches you about himself. Yeah. No one can come to the Father except through the Son. No one can understand who the Son is except from the Father revealing it to you. So if you have an understanding of who Jesus is, you got to know that God is like shaping you and molding you and taking out pieces and putting pieces in. 
Hebrews 12 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. He's like an editor. So any of you who, who write papers that are like longer than like one paragraph, yeah, that are like, you know, extended, you write it out and then you read it again. You're like, oh man, that was, delete, write again, right? You give it to somebody else to read and they're like, all right, this is good. This is good. You should probably add this in, take this out. Boom. You go back and you edit again. Yeah, and you have somebody else read it. That's what the, Jesus does with our faith. As we fix our eyes on Jesus, he looks at our faith and says, good, I like this growth right here. Stay in the church because this growth is going to continue. All right, don't hang out with those friends because that's going to stunt your growth in this area. Does it mean I'm not committed to you? No, I'm committed to you, but we got to make some adjustments. Who here has made an adjustment in your life since you've come to know Christ? Okay, so after you make those adjustments and you feel better, you're like, man, yeah, I'm, I'm vibing now, you know? I'm like in all gears and I'm kind of like rolling with Jesus. You walk with him for a certain while. How many of you in here where God came up to you and was like, all right, let's keep on going, right? And he removes something else in your life. And, he, and, and, and in his loving kindness, he comes to you and says like, hey, I love you enough to tell you that this is wrong. Yeah? God in his loving kindness is hands-on in our lives. He is hands-on. He was hands-on with these 72 and it was ecstatic. Jesus is hands-on now in your lives. Yeah? And as you get it, yeah, Jesus gets excited. Like even tonight, as some of you guys like Become aware that God is actually involved. Like it's like an aha moment. You're like, oh, I just, I needed that, you know? I needed that. I was kind of doubting for a little bit. I couldn't see God for a little bit. And God just revealed himself to you and you're like, hey, yeah, that's encouraging. That's encouraging. And that's really what the Father is all about. Revealing himself to you in order that we would reveal him to other people. Yeah? So if you understand that Jesus is in your life, you should be praying for other people. It's an automatic. You cannot be a Christian that doesn't pray for people. Well, you can, but I don't know if you would be a Christian. Right? Because the greatest commandment is love God and love your neighbor. Seriously, one of the greatest things you can do for your neighbor is pray. Be praying that God would reveal himself to them, you know? Like, God, if it's true that no one comes to the Father except through the Son and whom you reveal yourself to, then reveal yourself to my neighbor. Reveal yourself to my classmate. Reveal yourself to my family member. Reveal yourself to my friend. Yeah? And sometimes God might use you, right? He's like, all right, he needs to see how you vacuum. Let's go grab the vacuum and vacuum his house. You know? And you go vacuum. And when your friend tells you, like, why are you vacuuming? He's like, I don't know. God told me to vacuum. Right? And your friends would be like, that's awkward. That has to be God. You know? That's just how it works. Okay? That's how it works. Good? Okay. So I'm excited. I'm excited. All right. Let's pray. And we'll kind of wrap up tonight. Real easy word, but a good word. Yeah. A good word. So, Father, just thank you for tonight, Lord. We just bless your name. Um, have your way in our lives, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you are ecstatic with the 72 and we have it in a prayer. 
Father, thank you for praying for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming and teaching us about you. Father, I pray for everyone in this place, Lord, that you'd give them a fresh revelation of your character. You'd give them a fresh revelation of your heart. Father, you, your, your thoughts that you have for us, um, Psalms 139 says, uh, it outnumbers the grains of sand on the earth. Father, if you've been thinking about us for that long, Father, I pray that you would just reveal those thoughts for us. Thoughts for us to prosper and, 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 and not to harm us, Lord. Uh, plans for a future, Lord. Uh, we here, Father, gathered, gathered in this place as your local body, Father. Um, I, I just pray, Lord, that you would come and, and, and make us giddy, Lord. Make us ecstatic. Make us exuberant because of a fresh revelation, Lord, of Jesus Christ in our lives. Thank you for being present in our hearts. Show yourself to be true, Lord, also in our lives. Thank you, Father, for tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.